Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. My dear friends, I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm being very honest in saying that you came to Temple on a very special Shabbat. Because on this Sabbath, we begin reading the fifth and final book of the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy. In the Hebrew Bible, the book's title is Divarim, words. The words refer to comprise the parting speeches Moses gives that cover the entire book. It's a repeat, or in Greek, a deutero, of the first four. The name Devarim is kind of a surprise, since when God asked Moses to lead the people out of Egypt, what did Moses say? Choose someone else because I am not a man of words. I have a speech impediment. This presentation of Moses as a man of words is indeed a startling contrast to his early years when he stuttered. This reminds us, as our sacred texts do over and over again, that the Torah is not simply the chronicle of our people's becoming. Moses' evolution reminds us individually that the Torah is also a story of personal transformation. Gone this week is Moses' uncertainty about his communication skills. Gone is his fear. Words come more easily to him later in life. He grows. He learns with experience. So have we, including things we may have been taught in our youth that we once believed, that we know are wrong. Like the number one lie heard in childhood is, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We all know that phrase. We heard it as children. Who truly believes it as an adult? Is there anyone who believes that words do not have the power to hurt? If words couldn't hurt, we would have more family members talking to each other, fewer rifts among friends, fewer battles in this world. And we'd have less trauma, too. I don't know about your summer reading, but I read the masterpiece New York Times bestseller, The Body Keeps the Score, by Dr. Bessel van der Kirk, the pioneering psychiatrist and brain researcher, who shows how trauma literally reshapes your brain. And related to this week's Torah portion, trauma can render 
people speechless. The author documents the tremendous power of our relationships and our words, both to hurt and to heal. Not that telling a trauma story in details will always help people to leave it behind. That was the old thinking of Freud in 1893. But remembering a painful event doesn't necessarily resolve it, and finding words to describe what happened can sometimes be transformative. But here's what I learned. For trauma victims, whether kids in the inner city or adults, rendered speechless, talking does not abolish flashbacks or necessarily improve concentration. This is because trauma is the telling of a permanently unfinished tale, full of incomplete intervals. One Auschwitz survivor says in the interview to the psychiatrist, the self who was in the concentration camp is not me. It's not the person who is here facing you. The essence of trauma is that it is unbearable, overwhelming, unbelievable. A dual reality, the reality of a relatively secure and predictable present that lives side by side with a devastating ever-present past. And while nobody can quickly heal a war veteran, rape victim, or child in the inner city experiencing trauma, what can be dealt with and he gives us hope, are the imprints of the trauma on body, mind, and soul. Whether the chest pains of anxiety, the fear of losing control, or always being on alert for danger. Since trauma robs you of the feeling that you are in charge of yourself, the way to recover is to re-establish ownership of your body, your mind, and yourself. Divarine words or telling the story about the event is therapeutic for some, but it doesn't guarantee that the traumatic memories will be laid to rest. And there is a reason for that I never thought about, and perhaps you haven't either. When people remember an ordinary event, they do not relive the physical sensations, the images, the smells, or sounds, associated with that event. For instance, everyone here knows where they were on September 11, 2001. Everyone remembers it because it was a traumatic event. Do you remember what happened on September 10? Most of us do not. The point is, when people fully recall traumas, they have the experience. They're engulfed by the sensory or emotional elements. Brain scans actually show that the two areas in the brain that go blank when people talk about their trauma are the area that provides a sense of time and perspective, meaning making it, making it impossible to know that was then, but I am safe now. And the second area in the brain that goes blank when traumatic events happen is the one that integrates all the images, sounds, and sensations into a coherent story. 
And when those parts of the brain are knocked out, you experience something not as an event like the beginning of the service, the middle of the service, and the end, but you just have ongoing fragments, images, sensations, emotions. And it's excruciating, it's difficult to put that feeling of no longer being yourself into words. Words, if you think about it, this week's Torah portion, language evolves primarily to share things out there, not to communicate what's going on inside. Through art, or through music, or through community, we often experience, but words don't. I found it fascinating to learn, get this, that the center of the brain that deals with words and language is as far removed geographically in your brain from the center for experiencing oneself. That's what the neuroscience confirms. Don't take it from a rabbi. Take it from the neuroscientists and from Dr. Kurt. And that explains why most of us are better at describing someone else than we are at describing ourselves. The author and Harvard psychiatrist writes, quote, if a patient tells me that he was eight when his father deserted the family, I am likely to stop and ask him to check in with himself. What happens inside when he tells me about that boy who never saw his father again? Where is it registered in your body? When you activate your gut feelings and listen to your heartbreak, the psychiatrist writes, when you are in touch with your insides, only then do things begin to change. And because trauma makes people feel like somebody else or like nobody, in order to overcome trauma, it's not drugs that will fix it. You need to help to get back in touch with your sense of self, in touch with your body. And that is why this week's Torah portion, words are essential. Words can help. But as we learned from Moses this week, it takes time. He's 120. <laughs> and words can help or hurt depending on how we use them. What do we say? What words do we use when we're not sure exactly what to say? What devarim, if any, make a difference? Often the answer is not in what we have to say, but in what we do not say. And the answers we do not pretend to have. One woman, in the aftermath of experiencing a shattering loss, listened to these please statements for you and me to think about. You can fill in the blank. The loss could be divorce, death, hurt, whatever. Here are her please statements. Please don't ask me if I'm over it. Please don't tell me how I feel. 
How could you possibly know how I feel? Please don't tell me that God only tests the strongest. If that's the case, make me weak. Please don't tell me God never gives you more than you can bear. Who decides how much another person can bear? So please just say this. Please just use these words. Please just say you're sorry. Please don't worry about your words. Just let me talk if I want to. And just be there. That's all. This woman's message contains powerful words, I think, in light of this week's Torah portion, and for us every day. Because comfort in Judaism isn't about words at all. In most cases, Judaism teaches silence is the best response of all. It's like flipping the expression we all know on its head. Instead of, don't just stand there, do something, Judaism basically says, don't do anything, just stand there. Let your presence be my comfort and strength. Or, because we all love Native American wisdom, at least I do, doesn't have to be Jewish, one wise father said to the members of his family, in the Indian, uh, American Native Indian tradition, he said this to his family, during any rough times, here's my prayer. Hold each other, and there should be such a oneness between each of you, that when one of you weeps, the other shall taste salt. No words necessary. Just presence, compassion, and empathizing with another person's pain. We can't always explain what life throws our way, why the tree fell on the house, why somebody suffered this week, why things happen. But we can be there quietly, simply, and when we speak, choosing our words carefully. So this week's story portion, Ale Divari. These are the words from now until the high holy days, two months. These will be the words Moses carefully chooses, carefully chooses after being unable to speak.